a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to Inside Sources. Today is July 20th. I am Mia Love, and I'm guest hosting for Boyd Matheson, who is on a well deserved vacation with his family. Um, I am also joined by a special co-host, Scott Howell, who will be joining me today and tomorrow. Uh, We have a very full and very interesting set of topics today. So if you would like to please weigh in on anything we're talking about, please go to the Utah Community Credit Union text line 57500. That's 57500. Scott, how are you? Good morning, Mia. Thank you. What, today, today, what a privilege. His, it's great. It's, uh, it, you know, I'm really excited to do this. And when I heard that you were uh, going to be hosting with me, it was incredibly exciting. Scott and I have known each other through uh, the debate commission. And Scott has always treated me with such care and kindness. I always felt like I was in good hands whenever <laughs> I was about to go into a debate. Somehow you made me feel a little bit more calm, even though you were on the other side of the aisle. So. Well, listen, I'm, uh, I'm on the side of the aisle that I like great leaders and and certainly you were one of the great leaders and continue to be in our community. And it's a pleasure to be here with you today. I really appreciate it. And uh, we're on the Boyd Matheson Show. Can you believe this? This yeah. is the guy. He's the real deal. He is He is great. Yeah, I've known Boyd for such a long time. And uh, I kind of, he may not say this, but I kind of feel like I'm a little bit of a protege of his. He's always uh, advised me and counseled me to make sure I elevate the dialogue. And so what we're going to do this week is we're going to make sure we elevate the dialogue. Um, One of the things I wanted to talk about today is today, July 20th in 1969, Neil Armstrong lands on the moon. And also just this weekend, uh, Representative John Lewis, a good friend of mine in the Congressional Black Caucus, has uh, left us to join his friends, um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and even Elijah Cummings, who passed away earlier this year. Um, These two men, even though they uh, set their mark in two completely different ways, um, really can be an example for us today. They did significant things in a time where America really needed it. If you look at uh, what was happening in technology and how the United States was just behind and it cost so much money for these space exploration programs and at the, at his, at risk to his own life, Neil Armstrong gets up and he really sets the pace and put um, the United States on the map. And then you've got John Lewis, who at um, risking death actually had his head bashed in, um, marching uh, at Selma 
he, he, I have to tell you, knowing him personally, um, he is a wonderful man. I just kept looking at him and, and I said, no matter what happens, no matter what happens in Washington, there's a bond here that politics can't break. He always asked me about my children. He was always incredibly gracious. He was always kind to me. He said kind things about me all the time. Not one horrible word came out of his mouth. He was just a loving person. Mm -hmm. Mia and I I can follow up with you and say that it was my privilege to meet him many times uh, in my career when I'd go back to Washington or at DNC events or so on and so forth. And I'll tell you, John Lewis, his mantra about being good trouble, I relate to so well. You know, I've uh, I've always been one that wants to have good, clear, concise, uh, open, transparent government. And I know some people don't like that, but he was good trouble. And I'll never forget what he said the first time when he said, if you see something, you hear something, do something about it. And I think this falls right into Utah's 55-day moonshot. You know, it's our, the quest to quell the pandemic, and it's really patterned after President John F. Kennedy's inspiring national challenge to put a man on the moon because it will serve to organize and measure the best of our energy, skills, because that challenge is one that we'll be willing to accept, one we're unwilling to postpone, and one which intend to win. And just like you said, Mia, what a day for us to host. So historical. Neil Armstrong's on the moon. Uh, John Lewis passes on, but he leaves this great torch for for us to to move forward. And then the fifty di- fifty five day uh, challenge from Deseret News KSL Radio. Gosh, Mia, we're pretty lucky to be we, here today. We are lucky. We're incredibly lucky, and I think that more than lucky, we have a responsibility to emulate what these men um, stood for. Uh, you know. <laughs> It was really interesting because before I uh, spoke at the national convention, I don't know, it was, it feels like it was a decade ago, but, um, but I spoke, I was able to speak at the national convention. This is when um, Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan yes. were on the ticket yes. and uh, Boyd, who was helping me uh, with my speech. Uh, I just, I remember just being this new person on, just on the scene. And I had no idea what I was doing. I'm, I'm around all of these people who've been in <laughs> politics for such a long time. And I was, I was actually having a little bit of a freak out. I, I can tell everybody right now is freaking out a little bit. And boy just kind of takes my shoulders and looks at me. And he said, do you know what Neil Armstrong said when he landed on the moon? I was like, of course, why are you asking me this? Yes. Uh, you know, small, small step for man. Um, uh, uh, largely for mankind, something like that. And he was just like, yes, but what was the next thing he said? And I thought about it and thought about it. I was like, I don't know. And he said, just like drill. And I took a moment and he said, Mia, he had gone through this and gone over it and gone over it, over it and over it again. And so when he did it, he said, it was just like drill, just like they practice. He said, calm down. And he's like, as a matter of fact, live your life that way. Live your life in the way that it automatically becomes what you want to do becomes automatic. And I think that that's how John Lewis led his life. He, he didn't just do these moments, right? It was the small moments. It was the, it was the moment where I'm on a plane and I know I have to get off. I'm going through Atlanta and I have to get to Utah (laughs) and I have to get off the plane. And John Lewis, this soft spoken man gets up and he says, excuse me, folks, to the whole plane. But this lady has to get back to her children. 
Would you mind stepping aside and letting her go? And the plane parted like the Red Sea. Oh, I love it. I love it. It was great. (laughs) Well, two things we're very fortunate to have. You know, I think of Boyd as a mentor as well because he is so bright and he's so talented. And and he – I think he's kind of like where I am in politics, looking for leaders, and that's what I think we want. And then to have John Lewis, I'll tell you, you know, uh, uh, Congressman Chaffetz had him out here, if you recall, Mm -hmm. and they did that little site visit, and the Doug Wright uh, uh, show, or Doug interviewed him on the Doug Wright show, of course, and I'll tell you, his sentiment, he came across like... One of those speakers, when I'm inspired at, at general conference, you know how they have a cadence and then they, they just talk from the heart. And you just knew that he was a good man and wanted to do good things. And like you used to always say, he was good trouble. Right. Well, there is a lot coming up in the next couple of uh you know, the next couple of uh, months that we could really use that inspiration. I hope that everybody just kind of goes back and, and reads a little bit about John Lewis and reads a little bit even about Neil Armstrong and about their lives and what they dedicate their lives to. And maybe we can get a little bit of what they've done to inspire us to um, behave better, to treat each other better, to um, remember what we're made of so that we can make this country stronger. I want well, everybody to, re- we are, we're in this together. We're in this together, 100%. We're in this together. Well, let's ask Robin if she'll just play that clip of John Armstrong. I think it just leads us right into the next part. Robin, you got that queued up? That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Wow, does that not send shivers up? It sends <laughs> shivers down my spine. Oh, um, it, it, it's great. I hope that we can continue to think about that. Um, we do have a great guest that's up next. Um, we're going to be talking to Donna Miller. She is a woman, um, a Utah woman, who is suing Murray police, alleging racial bias in a traffic stop. And we'll um, also get somebody from uh, Murray City to speak uh, Uh, in another segment but she is up next thanks for joining us it's the me and scott show here we go the congress and the senate inside sources welcome to inside sources i'm mia love and i am joined by a special co-host scott howell again he scott howell will be with me on tuesday today and tuesday and um scott really excited to have you Thank you, Mian. It's so great to be with you, my friend. What an exciting day! I mean, we're we're living history and we're making history. So, that's this right. Is terrific. Today, um, we have. I've been following this story. Um, a lady by the name of Donna Miller, who recently moved to Utah before um, something happened to her on August twenty first, twenty eighteen. She was stopped. She had a traffic stop. Um, she was she raised three children, single mom in Northern Virginia, and once they were grown at the age of fifty nine she came here to Utah to pursue her dream of becoming a nurse midwife. Uh, she found this LDS program business program and followed a promotional campaign uh, with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints of which she is a member and um, Donna, are you on the line yes. Tell us, tell us the story of what of what happened to you. I know you were driving uh, to Fashion Place Mall to uh, attend classes. Tell tell us what happened. Well, back in 2018, at three three o'clock in the afternoon, I think it's a Tuesday afternoon, I was coming out to the Fashion Place Mall 
when Officer Allred pulled me over. And um, when he stopped me, asked me, do you know why I was pulling you over? So I said no. And he said, well, I ran your plates and there was no insurance. And um, so I took out my insurance and I showed him that I have insurance. And then he said to me, um, well, I have probable cause to think you under the influence, and I need you to step out of the car now. And um, so he he says, because um, I'm going to have to perform a few sobriety tests on you. So I did, and um, because I knew I was not under the influence, and he started to perform sobriety tests on me. He did the first one. I blew. I walked. He did the eye test. And um, and then he performed, like, several other tests. And then he said to me, well, I'm going to have to um, um, arrest you. I was like, arrest me? Because, and he needs to call for backup. So he did. And Did they, I'm um, sorry, did, did when he said he was going to arrest you, did they find any, did he indicate that there were any traces of uh, blood alcohol in the test or any drug um drugs in your system did these tests reveal anything that may have been positive no they, they revealed nothing i blew a zero content i did the walk and then he did the eye test one of the things he kept saying to me your eye well your eye looked dilated that's when we were standing before the office your eye looked dilated you're not focusing and um and that's what he kept saying to me and um so the highway cops arrived, and two cops searched my car and came back and, you know, probably did a little sidebar conversation, telling him they didn't find anything but my laundry. And he, I, the highway cop performed the test again on me, and then he arrested me and put me um, in, his, in his vehicle, mm-hmm. um, where we proceeded to go to the station. He put the handcuffs on me, put my hands behind my back and took me to the station. On our drive to the station, I kind of said to him, my hands was hurting, you know, and he's like, well, if I were you, you know, trying to antagonize me to behave badly, I would do this. Um, I would just um, be mad too. Mm-hmm. You know, I would be mad too if I were you. And so I realized what he was doing and I kept silent. And he took me to the station, handcuffed me to the to the chair where a couple of other officers came. He said they were the experts um, on the, the the sobriety test and and the other tests. And they took my how, blood. How long were you at the uh, police station doing this? The station. I was held in the station for three hours, and we were in the street for like an hour before. We got to the station. So let me ask you this one more time. And then, I'm, uh, of course, I want to make sure mm-hmm. that um, Scott gets sure. gets in and asks some questions also. But I just want to ask this one more time. A- after going in um, to the police station where you were um, questioned, um, did, again, did anybody indicate that they give you any tests? Did they show that there are any tests that came out positive? I know he said that the eye seemed dilated. But did they give you any reason as to why they arrested you or what the what – the, um, uh, no, what the charges were. No, he did not give me a reason. Actually, while we were waiting for the other cops to come, um, I said, I need to make a phone call. 
And he snatched my phone out of my hands and said, no, because I was going to call. I was new in Utah, and the only person number I had here was my home teacher, mm. who's now my bishop. And he grabbed my phone out of my hand, so I couldn't make a phone call to my bishop. And he didn't allow me to make a phone call in the station when I got there. Mm. Scott. Um, yes, uh, oh. Donna. Uh, yes. Thank you for having the courage to come on and share this with us. And uh, Mia had told me a little bit about your story, and I had read it uh, previous. I was the state senator uh, over Murray, and <clears throat> my experience over the years with Murray is that it's a, a top-notch uh, city. And um, just hearing what, what you've shared with us today, uh, and there's always two sides to a story, and, and we certainly look forward to having some Murray representatives on, but... It sounds to me, and the question I have for you is, what happened at the end? When did they finally say uh, enough's enough and you can go now? Can you kind of just share well, with us the next steps? Well, well, after I got the blood test taken, he wrote his report. We did like about, about 10 other tests in the station of me walking, of them looking at my eyes and me blowing. And then he said, my eyes. They can't figure out my eyes. They got to put me in a dark room. So Officer Allred and another officer um, took me into this pitch black room. I'm so sorry. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Just uh, breathe deep, my friend. Donna, we're here. We're here. You're okay. Well, well, they put me into this pitch black room, and I couldn't even see when I walked in. And they said, well, this is because um, we could see your eyes dilation. So they shone the light in my eyes and they asked me to open my mouth. And they said, um, as we were doing that, the other officer was telling me, oh, like he wanted me to confess to doing marijuana or any drugs or any um, doing any ball. I don't know what kind of ball drugs. And I was petrified. I sure, was sure. Petrified because I felt like, you know, everybody, it was me and these two officers in the police station, and um, they had guns on them. And all my mind keeps flashing back to, I'm never going to hear my kid's voice. I'm never going to go oh, home. Wow. Because all I'm thinking is about Sandra Bland, because here I'm in a dark room in a station that is empty with two cops, obviously not rooting for me. And then we came out that room. I was relieved. He wrote some more reports, and then he says, because you're a nice person, you're a nice woman, I'm going to let you go. But we usually jail people for these kind of things. Hmm. Give wow. me my phone. I don't know. I, I find that there's a lot of questions here that I think that, um, you know, I, I, I'm really intrigued to hear what uh, Marie has to stay, say about this. Um However, when when things like this happen, um, it, it, they're, it's really embarrassing for somebody to come out and talk about this. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that this is not something that you ever, if this has happened to you, that you ever want to get out and talk about because it becomes it becomes something embarrassing for you or something to, and, and so I want you to know, Donna, this is, you should not feel embarrassed about this at all. And, um, and I was uh, I, I was yeah. I never told anyone about it, but my daughter, who's an attorney, and she's the one that got the attorneys and the ball rolling because 
I was so embarrassed and ashamed because I was ashamed because uh, here I am in Utah and I'm a Mormon and people are accusing me of such a... We have about 30 seconds, um, but I just wanted to ask, uh, what do you, in this lawsuit, what are you asking for? What is it that you want from Murray City? I think this is important. Well, primarily, um, my goal is to make sure that no one else has to experience Thank this you. kind of a yeah. humiliation and trauma that has been done to me. And I want to feel protected and served by the law enforcement um, community. I would like the Murray Police Department to um, participate in, you know, in some kind of a mandatory annual department-wide bias training hosted by, like, a third party and, um, and have some kind of diverse inclusion in the um, specialist. That's what I would like to see come well, out well, with this. Donna, this, uh, thank you. I cannot believe how courageous you are. You're my new hero. <clears throat> and thank you in the spirit of John Lewis as we celebrate uh, his, his passing in a good sense that he's in a better place. You know, if we don't, when we see something and we hear something, if we don't do something about it in his uh, words, then we're just wrong as a society. And you know what? There's police officers. There are elected officials. I worked for IBM for 34 years. You know, we have good apples, and then we have some challenging apples. And your sense of forgiveness and just asking uh, to make things better for everyone, I think it's a good ask. And I think it's something that that uh, Murray City hopefully will stand up to. And all my years in working with them, they're they're pretty stand-up people down there. And, and Donna, I want you to know that you're uh, you're our hero today. You get the Boyd Matheson Hero uh, uh, of the Day Award uh, for your courage to to do the right things. And uh, th- thank you for not uh, getting angry, but uh, holding your temperament so you we, so we can fix a problem. And you know we got a lot of things to do. And Black Lives Matters. It, it it's a it's a good cause. We we don't want to go too far to the right or too far to the left, but we want to make sure that every citizen in the great state of Utah and in the United States of America are welcome and have equal rights. Well, next we're going to have Heather White up in the, in the next segment. Um, she is the attorney representing Murray City in the lawsuit. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Wow, so much to talk about. We are here in Inside Sources. I'm Mia Love. I am guest hosting for Boyd Matheson and joined by special co-host Scott Howell, who will be joining me today and tomorrow. Uh, We just spoke to Donna Miller, um, who told us her story about what was happening, um, what happened to her um, uh, with Murray City Police, and she is suing the city. and we actually have uh, a representative, a representative of the city, the city um, attorney, Heather White, who is on the line to tell us what she thought happened and um, give us some insight of, of uh, at least their side of the story. Heather? Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for I coming heard, on. Um, two different components when Ms. Miller was speaking. One was um, how she was feeling emotionally, and the other was what actually happened. Um, what I wanted to start with is, like you said, uh, where the clear up some of the facts that were, I believe, misstated by Ms. Miller. Um, okay. And feel free to interrupt me at any time if you have any questions. Sure. Um, so Officer Allred um, was on his way to work when he saw Ms. Miller pulling out of the Fashion Place Mall. She was um, sitting westbound in the middle of State Street uh, in the uh, lane running northbound on State Street. And it appears that she was confused, and that's what caught his eye. She was um, sitting really in the middle of the road. And then she um, figured out that she couldn't turn left is what it appeared to him. And so turned right and made um, her way up to where she could make a U-turn to go southbound. And as she did so, she was straddling in and out of the lane of travel several times. So that um, is one sign of impaired driving. So you've got two instances now where she's sitting in the traffic um, the wrong way and then her driving pattern. So he decided to flip a U-turn and, and follow her and um, see if he could, you know, see what her further driving pattern was. And as he was doing so, he ran her license plate, which came back showing that she had no insurance on file. So she was stopped at a stoplight and he was stopped behind her. And he determined that based on her driving pattern and the fact that she had no insurance, that he needed to pull her over because she was a potentially a danger to the motoring public. So he did. And she pulled right over. Um, and um, there is a dash camera recording that shows the interaction between him and Ms. Miller, um, which will be very critical in um, establishing um, and backing up Officer Allred's um, what, what occurred. So when he stopped her, he approached the car and, and told her that, that he thought she might be impaired and um, asked if she was sick. And she said, no, she wasn't, but she had taken some medications that morning. So there's the third sign. The first is you have the, the driving pattern, then you have the no insurance, and then you have the, the fact that she acknowledged she had taken medications. But she claimed that um, she wasn't impaired, but he could test her. So um, he did he, the standard uh, tests that are done for uh, impaired drivers, and one of those is a portable breath test, which tests for alcohol. And she didn't demonstrate an alcoholic odor, so he didn't think that it would come back positive, the, the breath test for alcohol, and it didn't. And that's what he's doing is he's, he's, he's doing this investigation to determine what signs and symptoms she has or doesn't have. So he, he kind of ruled out alcohol at that time 
but there's still the impairment and the medication issue. Okay, and so, so and as let he me was ask you, he said I could, he said I could interrupt. She did not know what time it was. Uh, when hang, on a se- hang on a second. Okay, so you said I can interrupt because before we go on to this, there, there are a couple of questions. And yes. I just want to just put it out there that, you know, I, um, uh, as a former mayor, as a former city council member, as a person who has sworn in officers, I am, I, I love our officers. Um, there are some great officers out there that do some great things. And I want to make sure that everyone knows that I'm coming from this in a place where I am a support, a supporter of police officers. But there are a couple of questions that I, you know, as I, as I'm listening to this, um, Okay, first of all, it's not a crime to, to take a medication, So, um, if, especially if you're not impaired. So he did the alcohol test, and the alcohol test came out negative, which he said he thought it would come out negative. Um, and uh, they said that they looked and on file, and they realized that he she didn't have um, insurance. But she said that she showed proof of insurance. Is that correct? Yes, she did show proof of insurance. And so I, I guess I'm getting to the point, where did it come from actually taking her and arresting her? If there was no, um, if there was no um, traces of alcohol found, if he couldn't tell whether uh, she was impaired by whatever um, he thought that she may be taking. I mean, you could take anything from like Tylenol or, you know, uh, there, there are several medications that you can take that obviously um, still allow you to drive. The insurance yeah. was correct. So what led to the arrest that led to the um, interrogation afterwards for three hours and then led to releasing her? That's an excellent question. And what is, is, is really the key factor? So, so he ha- has this driving pattern um, and her confusion about not knowing what time of day it is. And so he performed, and she consented to perform these field sobriety tests, the typical field sobriety tests. So some of those are like the walk and turn and, and you know, the, the counting the numbers and all of those that you kind of see and hear about. So did she and, feel that? Uh, another one is to follow a, a stable, uh, an object with um, your eyes only. And so she failed those field sobriety tests. She demonstrated that she had nystagmus in her eyes, which is an okay. indicator of, um, of uh, someone being on a substance. It doesn't, the, the eyes don't flow smoothly and okay. did not. And I don't have also, very much time. I'm so sorry. I know I don't have very much time. I'm giving you as much time yeah. as I possibly can. I know Scott has a question. I yeah. want to make yeah. sure he gets it in. Uh, Heather, uh, could you join us for this next segment? Because we've still, you haven't answered some of our questions, and I want to give you the opportunity to answer them. Would you be willing to stay with us this next segment? Oh, absolutely. Wonderful. Okay, we look forward to it. And, uh Mia, I, I think uh, this is so uh, interesting and so important to the community. If you're all right, I'm all right. We'll just keep yeah, her we'll, on. Yeah, we'll just Heather do that. That would be great. Day. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Boyd Matheson program starring Mia Love and Scott Howe. We're, uh, we're big fans of uh, Boyd, and we'll try and fill those big shoes today. Uh, remember the text line, 575-000, if you want to weigh on this subject. Have you ever been lost driving down a highway and not, and not knowing which way to turn when you go to a new city? Hmm, we'll ask Heather about that when coming up. Okay, we are back, and we still have Heather on the line. I know that Scott has a few questions. Scott Howell, take it away. 
Hey, thank you very much. And Heather, thank you for staying with us. We really appreciate it. Heather, I'm still not clear. Um, the database showed that she that Donna didn't have insurance, but then she had proof of insurance. So did she have insurance, just yes or no? So she did. Sometimes okay. there will be a, a lack okay. of what's yeah, no, 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 that's, as uh, Heather, you don't even need to go explain that. As one of the original authors of that legislation back in the day, I, I know it very well. And so uh, yeah. that was one of the concerns that we had. Um, right. I, Heather, the other thing is, um, you know, for me, just listening to the story and hearing all the things, I don't know of too many people that get taken into a, a, a dark room. And I, we have a text that just came in from one of our callers, and it said, good for Donna. I hope, I hope she wins. Taking her into a dark room to, um, they misspelled this, so her eyes would be dilated for the, the field test is BS. Uh, we have another one that came and wrote in and said, uh, love it. Mia knows her stuff. We all know it's true. The other one that I thought was interesting, skin color should not be an excuse for bad behavior. Take away the skin color in this story. You don't have a story. So it, it's kind of interesting that uh, our callers are weighing in. Um, Mia? I, I agree you- with that. Actually, I agree that, um, you know, this is this. I, I spoke to my husband about this before even covering this. And he said, Mia, um, knowing that I am a woman of color, he said, would you be uh, following this story if if it were about if she weren't a woman of color, if she weren't a black woman? I said, no, actually, I would continue to do this story if she were uh, a Hispanic, if she were white, if she were, it does not matter. To me, it's about making sure that um, we uh, that we do the training that needs to happen. This would be an embarrassing situation for anybody. And so, Heather, I just want you to know that uh, you know it, this is this is stuff that a lot of people are going to be looking at. We need to get comfortable having uncomfortable uh, conversations. We need to elevate the dialogue. Um, and I guess I just have one more question before before we end this because um, I, I, there are too many questions that I, I certainly were not going to be able to answer on the radio. But did any tests come back positive? Any of the drug tests that were given to her did it come back positive at all? So there was a blood test that was eventually administered, and it um, came back negative. But it is important to remember that there's a very limited amount of um, medications that it screens for. It's looking for things like cocaine, um, methamphetamines, a very small number. So just because a toxicology test comes back negative does not mean that there is no substance in the blood. And it's also really important to remember that Officer Allred, so there's two different um, time periods to this. There's what he did out on the street, and she failed the field sobriety test out on the street, which is why he arrested her. Then he took her to the to the um, police station and had a specialized drug recognition expert from the Utah Highway Patrol come and conduct some of the same tests and much more detailed tests. And that's when she was taken into the dark room. And it wasn't that they were looking for dilated pupils. That wasn't what it was. It was that they were looking for all these different things that happen with the eyes that can only be done in the dark when a a light is shown. And uh, and, and 
it would be frightening to be in that position. Yeah, I don't think anyone would argue otherwise, but there is a reason that those things are done, and it wasn't that they were trying to fabricate evidence, but it's they, they were doing what they were trained to do to look for the signs of impairment. And the, the, the certified drug re- recognition expert from the state, Heather, the Utah Highway Patrol, Heather, you're, you, Heather, Heather, that he thought she was impaired. Yeah, Heather, well, I I think on that note, uh, the answer is no. She wasn't impaired because they ran the test where we find medication. Heather, can there be a good solution to this? Uh, And I'm with Mia. I've always been the supporter of public safety, and I've always thought that that they – deserve that first chance of opportunity to keep the law moving. But in this case, is there some reasonability since uh, Donna's not asking for any type of monetary, but she's asking for some training and, and different things. Is that a possibility that maybe there was some mistake uh, or yeah, thank you, you know, things could have been handled better. Right. Well, let me correct you first. She is seeking monetary damages. Um, the second thing is, is Murray City does conduct um, trainings, particularly in specifically racial bias, implicit bias training. They do do that. And so you will, as this case progresses and the, and the information comes out, it will become clear to the public that this was not racially motivated, that this was not an overstepping of the bounds. The officers did exactly what they were supposed to do, and sometimes that means that people are um, uh, pulled over and demonstrate signs for impairment, and that's when they might not end up being, and that's why we have the justice system, which sorts that through, and whether, and we have the jury system to determine whether someone is guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. But yes, I agree with you that these are important conversations to have, and it is important for all sides to be heard. Um, it, yes. It's true. Which is, which is exactly what we're doing here. Heather, thank you so much for coming on and um, talking about this. It's, it's, a, it's an important issue, and I really appreciate your insight. Thanks, okay. Heather. Thank we you. appreciate your time. Thank you for having me and for allowing us to um, to uh, explain the officers and what, you. Uh, where they were coming from. Thank you. You know, as I listen to this, Scott, it it, it um, is really quite interesting for me because, I mean, I can't tell you how many times um, I have gone into a new area where I was a little bit confused and <laughs> had to pull over, had to look at my, to look at the directions You're to right. make sure. And it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be out of the norm for somebody who just moved from Virginia right. um, to Murray to try and find, um, you know, their place. Um but I, you know, again, this is such. Uh, these are great stories to talk about. I think they're, you know, this this is not something that I think um, is black white. It's about right and wrong, and it's about what kind of training we have. And if we're going to try and elevate the conversation and make things better for people, then this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to have these conversations. And I hope this works out well. I hope Donna can can um, at least get this taken off of her record. And I have to tell you, this has been a lot of fun. Great, Mia. I, uh, all I can say is amen. And Utah's 50-day moonshot challenge, wear a mask, maintain social distancing, isolate as needed, stay safe, and join us tomorrow join when us the tomorrow. Mia and Scott show uh, is on. <laughs> Goodbye. Have a great day. <laughs>
Be bold. KSL Be creative.